You're listening to Behind the Bliss, a weekly podcast where Rachel Autry brings conversations to you from women that share what's behind their highlight reel. Each episode is designed for you to see a message from the mess and encourage you to find balance in the bliss. We know that what you're facing is important for shaping who God has created you to be. Some may say it's a process that often happens behind the bliss. Here's today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss Podcast. I am Rachel Autry and get to sit behind the microphone around here and have great candid conversations filled with encouragement for you to meet you wherever you're at. And today's conversation is nothing else than just encouraging, straight up encouraging for me in my season, but I know there's so many of you as well that are carrying this burden with me to shepherd the kids in our lives. Maybe they're your own kids. Maybe they are your neighbors or you teach a Sunday school or you're an aunt or a friend trying to love on your friend's children. But this idea of showing up for the children in your life can sometimes be daunting. It can be intimidating. And I say in the episode, it is a precious burden to be able to introduce Jesus to our friends, young and old. Maybe it's intimidating because we're trying to put him in simplistic terms where they can actually understand it, not this big theological or super wise idea that God is so simple. He can be simple, especially for children. And so today's conversation is with Ashrita Choo Choo. She is amazing. She is so cool. She is the mom I want to be. She is just so sweet and practical and and has so many tangible examples of the ways that we can show up in our kids' lives. And that is what we're talking about today, especially because she has this new book that I am so excited about. It's called Unwrapping the Names of Jesus for Kids. And it goes through the different names that Jesus called throughout scripture but in a way that I know will speak to you too. So if you have somebody in your life that you know loves reading and loves books, maybe if you're a mama or like I said, an aunt, a friend, maybe you're a teacher and want to have something like this. Maybe you're an aunt or a friend or a neighbor and want to gift this book to somebody, especially since it's the Christmas season. I think this is a beautiful resource for starting these conversations, but also for stirring things up in your own heart. So today we're talking to the weary mom, we're talking to the intimidated teacher, we're talking to the woman who is just burnt out and doesn't even know how to do it anymore. Maybe you just feel like you've messed up or you're just a little too angry around kids or kids just aren't your thing. Then today's conversation is just for you and I'm so excited to dive right in. Hey friend, welcome back to Behind the List podcast. I'm excited to have you back. Rachel, thank you so much for having me. It's my joy to be here. Oh, I like all your projects are really fun. We'll get into them for sure. We have lots of mutual friends. Mm-hmm. So this is like, and I talked to you about this before we pressed record, but this is like my selfish ambition to get the answers that I need in life. It's just recorded and other people <laughs> listen to it. So this conversation is one that I'm craving as a mom, as a woman of wanting to cultivate a culture that is centered around who God is and his character. Mm-hmm the truth of his character and not, I feel like all of the things that get thrown around about who God is mm-hmm. and just this responsibility of shepherding the people in my home, which mm-hmm. can feel heavy sometimes, but I feel like you do this really well. And so before we get into all the things, because I want people to get to know you if they've yet to listen to your first episode on here or heard your own podcast or anything like that, who are you? What do you have going on in life these days? <laughs> 
<laughs> Who are you? Um, I mean, so many ways I could answer that. But I am married to my high school sweetheart, Flavio. We are both Romanian. And we have three kiddos ages nine and under. Um, and every season is my favorite season. Like, yes, we're little baby babies. Like, they're so cute. Um, but also it's like so exhausting because you don't sleep through the night. Um, and then they start walking and talking and that's oh so fun. And now with my six and nine year old, we're having these um, deep conversations that really just surprise me. And I'm like, oh, this is so much fun. So it just feels like every stage of motherhood is it's just something new to discover. So yeah, that's that's definitely the highlight of my life as far as who I am um, as wife and mom. And then I also get to write, which has been a childhood dream of mine. I've published 10 books. Woohoo! <laughs> seven with Moody Publishers. So this book coming out is my seventh with Moody. Um, and it's my first children's book. Um, a totally different experience. And I was sharing with you earlier that um, even though it's the shortest book I've written, it has been f- by far the hardest <laughs> to write. Yeah, I want to get into that too. I want I like have that question. But it's so funny you talk about seasons being your favorite. You're like, oh, wait, this is, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Just the other day, I just our little Maddox man he's 18 months he's getting to the point where he's getting spunky and spicy and you kind of get a glimpse of who he's going to grow up and and to be we call him a little politician he's always waving and wanting to high five everybody but I said oh this is my favorite and my husband was like I thought two months ago was your favorite no (laughs) this is definitely my favorite so yes from glory to glory. That's what God says we can have. So yep. we're just stepping from one glory to the next. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I don't know how much more personality we can take, but I'm sure <laughs> there's a lot left. <laughs> You're like, oh yeah, there is. Mm, there it's is. only just beginning. <laughs> we love it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. God's refining me through my son for sure. Mm-hmm. But I want to ask, do you feel like this book, because you mentioned this before, again, before we start recording, we always kind of chit chat and I'm like, wait, 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 pause. Like, I want to save the chit chat for the actual episode. But I'm so eager to ask this question. Do you think that this children's book was harder for you to write because of just logistics of publication? Or was it really because you're you're writing for a different audience than maybe you've ever catered to in mm-hmm. a publication before? What, like, what have you have put your finger on it yet? Um, I think it's both and more. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. there have been delays. Like the book was scheduled to release in September and then it got pushed to October and now it's November. Um, but I've had that with my previous book, Prayers of Rest, um, where it was delayed five months. So it's just a new publishing world. But um, like backing up from that, it's a different type of writing. So this book is under 600 words. Um, and it's, I mean, Prayers of Rest, my previous book before that is about a hundred thousand words. And it was easier for me to write a lot and to have room to say all the things than it is to try to capture the story of Jesus in less than 600 words, where every single word counts, where you kind of rethink and and pull out the thesaurus and kind of think through, how can I say this differently? Um, it's also a different style of writing because this is a book that's meant to be read by adults to the children in their lives. And so you read it out loud. There has to be a cadence to the, the sentences. And um, I mean, as a mom who's read the same book 
<laughs> 20 times in one and night. sometimes right? in one night. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> Where it's like, please, just can we read something else? Um, yeah. It was important to me that we build in um, layers of meaning so that the parent can feel like they're discovering new things in every new read through. So um, there are little Easter eggs in the illustrations. There are things that you won't catch the first or maybe even the fifth time you read it, but it'll be there the 20th time. Um, and so that was important to me as a parent who reads to her kids, um, that I make this enjoyable for the adults who are reading to their kids or grandkids, um, but also using simple enough language that a seven or eight-year-old can pick it up and read as well. Um, so th those are kind of like two of the challenges. And the third one was, this was my first time storytelling with an illustrator where it, it's someone else who's drawing the pictures, who's kind of making the story come alive. And so my editor kept saying, you don't have to write that in. The illustrator will show it. Like, you don't have to put that in. It's going to be in the illustrations. And the way that a children's book comes together when it's an author and an illustrator kind of collaborating is that the words come first. And then you hope that the illustrator kind of catches the vision. Hmm. And we had originally worked with another illustrator and it just was not coming together um, the way that I imagined it. So um, this book was actually supposed to come out last year and we got almost to print where we scrapped everything and started all over again with a new illustrator, Whoa. new illustrations. <laughs> um, and I, can I just say, as a writer, I am so very grateful for Moody Publishers that they were willing to delay it a whole year and say, no, we need to get this right. Mm -hmm. um, and now, Rachel, every time I look at these illustrations, I like thumb through the children's book, like there's tears in my eyes. Mm. Like Jennifer caught the vision and the way that she portrays this beautiful friendship between Jesus and our protagonist little girl. Um, it just brings me to tears every time. Oh, this is so beautiful. Well, I just know all the parents, including myself, are thanking you because it's so true. We always read for the same book. I'm like, how many other voices can I come up with to make this interesting for myself, not mm -hmm. even for him? So yeah, I, I love that this is just, it's a children's book, but it's, I love how you even use the term Easter eggs. There's things hidden inside for anybody and everybody. That's how I feel about um, Jesus Storybook Bible. Mm -hmm. Like there's just, I mean, I feel like my relationship with Jesus is morphing and getting a little bit more personalized through reading something that we write off as adults. Like, sure, that's for children. Sure, it's for children. But that, like how beautiful that Jesus can, his character can develop in front of our eyes in simple ways when as adults, we're craving this wise, rich theology or whatever it is to grow in our relationship with Jesus. And he's like, but I'm just so simple. I really can just be right here mm -hmm. in front of you and show you who I am. So thank yeah. you. I wanted to honor you for that because I know, yeah, what a, what a project. And especially with just logistics and delays and all the things, but there's also so much strategy and beauty in it too. And that's something I appreciate about all your resources is they're all so unique and they bring who Jesus is right in front of you rather than having you go and reach and strive and run to who he is, which I think that there's a time for both, but I, the ways that I feel like you present just the simplicity of inviting him into your life, even through our last conversation about Bible and breakfast, 
Like he can just be right there with you while you're cooking your casserole. Like it can be so easy that sometimes we make it into this big fluff and production. Mm-hmm. And in reality, he's like, can you just can you just read your kid the book? <laughs> read the book. OK, um, so he is revealing himself. I just know it. And I'm so excited people get their hands on this. Let's talk about this, though, because this is a very intimidating topic, especially for me as a new mom and finally feeling the pressure now that my little human is no longer a potato. Like he is soaking things in. He is talking back to me. He is repeating phrases and I'm feeling the pressure to get it right. Mm -hmm. And I crave for God to live in my home, in my walls and to live among him and for my kids to see him. And that feels so, uh, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's a beautiful, it's a precious burden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Can we just open up this big box? Because there's so much here. And I do feel like you're the girl to share this with us. But did you feel that pressure too? Yeah. Or were you? Okay. okay. <laughs> and let me, sure. I mean, let me just like, this is my official disclaimer on the whole podcast that I'm not sure. the expert here on discipling children or parenting kids. Like I said, mine are nine, six, and four. So I am still mm-hmm. right in the thick of it. And there's so much that I've learned from other moms who are older than me, who've gone before me. Um, and I think there's such value in having these conversations. So I'm going to share kind of what I've learned and what God is showing me along the way. Um, but for sure, have these conversations with women in your church, in your local community, like ask the older women how they did it. When you see teenagers who are like loving and kind and well-mannered, like seek out their parents and be like, That's I right. want to know what <laughs> who you raised did. you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and so I'm, I'm so grateful that God has placed those um, older moms in my life that I can go to with questions. But I remember um, this kind of coming to a head for me um, quite a few years ago. Like you said, when my oldest was about that age where like she's responding, she's talking back to me. And suddenly there's this pressure and burden of, I need to get this right. Like most children who um, commit their lives to Jesus do so through the medium of their parents. Like we are the ones, it's not the Sunday school teachers, it's not vacation Bible school or camp. Like those are all helpful resources, um, but we're the ones who are modeling for them God's love. And that just felt such a heavy burden for me early in my parenthood. And I remember reading through the Jesus Storybook Bible. I mean, we've read it with each kid multiple times, but reading it with my oldest and getting to um, the the story of Jesus' crucifixion. And there was this moment of like, my heart's starting to beat faster and my hands are getting a little clammy. I'm like, this is it. This is where I asked my kid to invite (laughs) Jesus in their heart. Like, we need to have the conversation. Like, she needs to make the decision. Um, and, And for me, there's this sense of, pressure, like almost like a come to Jesus moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and and so I asked my daughter, I'm like, so, you know, Jesus died for your sins. Do, do you want to ask him in your heart? And she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. You hear <laughs> like, that, wah, wah, and, wah. And, and then there's this all like, there's this failure and condemnation. Like, did sure. I do it wrong? Like, what should I be doing differently? Oh, and um, having those conversations with an older mom, her name's Carmen. And um, actually, she 
her daughter was in the same speech class that I was in in high school. And I remember just being so impressed by her kindness and her poise, like I said. Um, And it was probably 15 years later that I met her mom. And I was like, okay, I want to be friends with you because I know what your daughter was Mm -hmm. like in high school Mm -hmm. and I want my kids to be like that. And so I, I asked her, you know, did I do something wrong? What, how do you deal with this pressure of wanting to invite your children to Jesus, wanting to create opportunities and foster those conversations, but also not like pressuring them into it? And she looked at me and she's like, Ashrita, I mean, there's so much love in your heart for your kids. Imagine how much more God loves your children. That's so good. He is their good shepherd. He's the one who is calling them to himself. He's the one who will pursue them. And if they do leave the flock and if they do become prodigals, he's the one who's going to chase them down. He's going to leave the 99 and go after your one. And so, yes, God has entrusted these children into your care for this season, but the pressure is not on you. Like there is no pressure. (laughs) He's got them and he is going to chase them down with his mercy and his goodness all the days of their lives. And Rachel, that reminder of like, oh, we don't have to hustle our kids into God's kingdom. (laughs) That's right. That's right. He's got them. So that's our invitation as parents. It's not to kind of pressure our kids into making a decision for Jesus. It's to invite them to come alongside and say, um, here's how I experienced Jesus in my life. Here's how he's shown his goodness and his kindness toward me. Here are stories of how God has met me in my life. Oh, and he wants to do the same for you. So good. It's this idea of being kind of just a witness. And as much as you're trying to put him on display, obviously your sin is going to be on display too. Mm -hmm. And so having to marry the two and be the picture and trophy of grace to your kids to be like, I totally messed up. And thank goodness for forgiveness and being able to walk through that even out loud. I feel like ministers to me as it's ministering to them and prayerfully, they'll be able to have this bigger picture of there's grace for me too. Hmm. And when we say yes to walking with Jesus. And so, yeah, I, I love that. The pressure is off. This show would not be possible without you, our listener, and show sponsors like today's sponsor, Dwell. I am so excited to introduce you to one of my favorite apps and resources. Like it literally sits on the front page of my home screen on my phone. It's called Dwell. Dwell has built the most beautiful listening and reading experience for spending time in the Word. They have over a dozen new recordings of the Bible and have handpicked voices that will engage and inspire you and lots of versions of the Bible too. My personal favorite voice is Rosie, and I love that they have study plans and playlists ready to push play when you're not sure where to start in the Bible. I also find myself turning on their playlists about peace, motherhood, and lots more when getting ready in the morning. It has totally changed how my days are started. Friends, really, it is an amazing way to immerse yourself in the Bible, which is something I think we all would want more of. To get started with Dwell, head over to our show notes to get 10% off a yearly subscription or 30% off of Dwell for Life. Reminds me of power of a praying parent when the very beginning they're like, let's just let's just make sure everything's clear here. These kids are yours on earth, but as far as their spirit and 
what God has for them, we don't actually have the control over. And so there's no success. There's no failure that's actually ever written in your book other than did you expose them to the love of Christ and what he's doing in your life? And it's so funny when you hear the same thing 10 times in 10 different ways, you're like, oh, it's starting to click now. (laughs) (laughs) Refreshing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 But then there's also the unique beauty of knowing each kid and knowing it's going to look different if you have multiple or if you aren't a parent yet, but you teach a Sunday school, but then you're also an aunt or, you know, a neighbor and knowing each kid is going to see him differently too. Have you, how have you experienced that with having three of your own? Yeah. Um, well, it was really puzzling to me because three kids and mm-hmm. they each relate to Jesus differently. And so that's kind of like you said, where you kind of have to give up that control and be like, okay, God, I, I know you <laughs> have the <no> formula, <laughs> right? <laughs> and and one of my children is just so sensitive to Jesus. And the way she talks about him, the way that she prays, um, you just know, like she senses his presence in her life. And we have not had like the the sinner's prayer per se, um, but she lives a repentant life. Like she is so quick to apologize, so quick to turn from, um, and, and the fruit of the spirit is evident in her life. Um, there's one child who I'm like, I don't know. I don't know where things are going to go for you. (laughs) (laughs) uh, There have been more tears shed for that one child than for the other two combined. And in talking with, again, an older woman, um, who had a prodigal, she shared with me like, Ashrita, you, you don't write your, the script of your child's life. They get to make their own choices and, um, sharing from her own parenthood with two daughters, one who was very sensitive to God from a young age, one who was resistant, um, the resistant child kind of, um, just pushing away, pushing against her upbringing until she went to college and rebelled. Um, and, and the sorrow as a parent that comes with that, with your child's choices. But then watching how God pursued that prodigal child. Um, and when she got to her bottom most moment, crying out to Jesus, like living out the facts that she had known growing up in a Christian family, like actually reaching out for him, asking for forgiveness, that that 180 turning from a life of sin. Um, and this older mom was sharing with me, like now, 15 years later, looking at these two daughters, the one who never went astray, absolutely loves Jesus, but there's a depth to the one who went astray. There is a a desperate clinging to God. Like there is a passion and a zeal in her because she was made aware of her sin and because she realized her desperate need for Jesus. And, and as again, an older mom kind of speaking to me and over me as I'm, as I'm weeping over my children, um, for her to say like, you don't write your children's story with Jesus. He has them. And for some children, they need to come to the end of themselves. They will need to experience heartache on their own. Um, in order to turn to Jesus, whereas others are more sensitive to him from an early age. Um, but that pressure is not on us. <laughs> and, and so what we do is 
We love our children. We parent them. We disciple them. We teach them good habits. Um, there was a, a LifeWay study that looked at um, teenagers and young adults who end up staying in the church versus those who walk away. Um, the, the number one trend or habit that is most likely to keep young people close to God in a community of believers is reading the Bible together. And so if there's something that I can do as a parent, it's to read God's word with my kids, to help them hide it in their hearts when they're young, so that when they're older, regardless of what decisions they make, um, God's word is close to them and, and they know the truth and they can choose to turn back to him. Now, do I pray that my children do not wander and go astray? <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> I mean, I don't want yeah. any of them to experience the heartache of of sin and the consequences of that. But am I willing to open up my hands to God and say, whatever it takes, God, they're yours. Like, I'm not going to put limits on you and tell you what you can and cannot do with my children. They are in your hands. And so I'm going to trust that the same way you have been loving and kind and faithful in my life, how I can look back on my 35 years and see your generosity toward me and your faithfulness, I trust that you're going to do that with my children as well. So would you give me wisdom how to walk this out with them, how to equip and prepare them in the season of childhood so that regardless of what their story with you is long-term in their adult years, um, that we have laid a solid foundation for them. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, that would be my prayer too. <laughs> and there's there's days that I think it things come really fun and easy <laughs> or it's more of an overflow. And then there's other days where I'm just, truly speechless i i think like the calling out to god is out loud because i just don't know and i think that it's also having that grace for yourself but also the recognition like we keep talking about it's not up to us the words are not our own the spirit will meet you there and if you lack words it's probably best <laughs> and if you have words you should say them and learning how to do that dance with the friend of the holy spirit living inside of you and giving you that wisdom, I think is uh, freeing, mm -hmm. especially for us moms who are like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have bad days and we have good days. <laughs> we rarely have in between days. Uh, <laughs> They're very high, very low. Our kids see us having the bad days. And I, yeah. you said this earlier, um, that those bad days can be the most powerful testimony. Mm -hmm. Are we quick to repent? Are we quick to ask our children to forgive us? Do we model humility and repentance and brokenness over our own sin, whether that's um, that we responded in anger or that we were harsh with our words or that we were unrealistic in our expectations of our children, um, regardless of what our sin toward our children <laughs> might be, um, we're all broken. We're all still struggling against a sin nature. I think a mark of maturity, my pastor just said this on Sunday, like the mark of spiritual maturity is how quick you are to ask for forgiveness. <laughs> and and the, the more frequently you do that, um, the fewer and farther between those same mistakes and, and trip ups will happen. And that's where the transformation starts to shine. So if you have a child who has experienced your anger, making it right does not start with, well, I'm never going to yell again. Um, that's a great sure. <laughs> that's right. right starts with how quickly do I apologize after I lost my temper? Um, how do I model for my child this contrite spirit of saying, I was wrong. 
Um, you might have been wrong too, but I'm the adult here. <laughs> I was wrong. Um, yeah. and, and Jesus offers forgiveness for me. Um, I'm so grateful that he is quick to forgive me, but I also want to ask you to forgive me as well. Mommy was wrong. What do you forgive me? Yeah. I think there's a spirit that is easy to agree with, but is not of the Lord. And that is just like this feeling of being ill-equipped and not being the girl for, or not being the mom for our kids. Like just feeling, feeling the burden, but feeling a little hopeless inside of this burden that we kind of keep talking about. And yes, I think that that's all of us to some degree. And I think that that's where God can work in us and strengthen us. But I think that there's specifically a group of moms who it's a little bit more, uh, it's a little heavier for them. Maybe they didn't grow up in the church, so they don't have the idea of what this looked like as a kid to have, to be able to repeat or they don't want to repeat their childhood, or you have the parent who's doing it alone, Mm -hmm. either um, although they're still married, they are still doing it alone, or um, they just have a different desire than who they're parenting with. I think there's just so many different dynamics of what this could look like. And I want you to encourage maybe the mom who's like, I want this so bad, but it is so far-fetched for me. Hmm. What would you say to her? Because I think short answer is it's not far-fetched. It's a lot closer than we think. But I want to hear your version, your take on that. Yeah. Well, I just want to encourage if you're listening to this and you're saying, I did not have that upbringing. Um, It was not modeled for me. Uh, Let me encourage you that you can leave a legacy for your children for your grandchildren, for your great-grandchildren. You can be the one that God uses to bless uh, your generational bloodline through your obedience, through your first step, whatever that looks like. Um, If you did have maybe a mixed legacy where your parents did some things really well, and then in other ways, they really screwed up. I mean, (laughs) welcome to the club. (laughs) Yeah. Again, an older mom in my um, church looked at me when I told her that I don't really enjoy Christmas because it was just such a stressful time in my family. Um, and I was afraid I was going to be a Scrooge to my kids. <laughs> um, and she looked at me and she's like, you know, you get to decide what traditions you and your family practice. You get to decide what Christmas looks like. You get to decide what family devotions look like. If you do family devotions, you get to decide how you raise these children. Um, and, and it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be so, I'm such a big believer in small, tiny habits that build up over time. So in a season when my kids were younger, um, it was reading just a few verses at the breakfast table, Bible and breakfast, right? We we read through the gospel of Matthew. We got about halfway through Luke before we stopped um, because we weren't in that season anymore. Um, In this season, it's praying for my children before they leave the house while they're at the door on our front porch before they get on the bus. It's praying a blessing over my children um, that I might bless them. God gives us that power and that privilege, Um, but just a small habit. It's like 20 seconds, Um, but that builds over time. And so as we start these tiny, small habits, maybe it's reading with your kid before bed, or maybe it's singing them a lullaby and tucking them in and reassuring them how precious they are 
to you, to God the Father, that you're so happy that God put you in their family, that you can't wait to see what God will do in their lives as they grow up, speaking those words of life over our children. Um, It can be so simple. But these little seeds planted day after day, month after month, year after year, uh, God will grow those seeds into an abundant harvest in our children's lives. Mm -hmm. And I think so many times it's easy to believe that this is going and buying a big tree and planting the big tree in your front yard because we just expect to see that fruit overnight. And when in reality, I'm hearing like, Yes, the seed picture, which is something we're given often in scripture and it being planted in soil and the harvest, who knows when we'll see a harvest. Mm -hmm. But when we keep reaping the soil and watering and tending to it, there's a root system underground that's growing that we might not see that we can just pray like grips and takes life. Mm -hmm. And um, I love the consistency, the small little drips rather than it just being this big fire hydrant. Like instead of having this big salvation talk with your kids, it's just giving them small, tiny examples with Mm -hmm. the way you eat breakfast or your morning routine or the first things you say to them, I think is so beautiful and so much more tangible than I think we make it out to be. Mm. And I think that that is 100% a ploy of the enemy to try to convince us that it has to be bigger, larger than what we're doing because we strive and then eventually tap out. And I think if I would want any of my friends or what I would want to preach to myself right now, they're listening is just continue to show up. And I love the forgiveness and asking for forgiveness often because the showing up is going to be messy. Mm -hmm. And just knowing that it's just humans learning how to shepherd humans. And that is really tough, Mm -hmm. but also such a beautiful opportunity we get as being moms, spiritual moms, neighbors, aunts, whatever your position is with children in your life. I think this is just a really cool opportunity. And how beautiful too, to think that God knows who you're living with. (laughs) He, you know, he created specifically them for you and you for them. Mm -hmm. And we are, we are the women. We like, we can do this. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes we think we need a seminary degree or we need to have read through the Bible cover to cover. And hear me, I think um, (laughs) our depth of biblical knowledge and knowing God will shape the quality of what we can pour into our children. Um, and so let me encourage you, whether whatever season you are in, make time to see God face to face. Make time to be in His presence. Make time to bring your burdens to Him. That looks different in different seasons. But whether you are uh, pregnant or you're a new mom and up in all hours of the night or you're parenting teenagers or you're an empty nester or you don't have children. You're an aunt. You're a Sunday school teacher. You're a neighbor. Um, Whatever season you are in is the right season for you to be getting into God's word, even if it's just a verse or two a day meditating on that, pondering, what does this tell me about God? How can I worship God? How can I live my life in response to who He is? Um, we we need to have a rich diet in Scripture, but you don't need a seminary degree to train the children in your life in the way of Jesus. My own great-grandmother um, never got past fourth grade. Um, she lived in communist no Romania. And she came to know Jesus as an adult. She already had, uh, I think, four or five children. 
um, when her husband came to know Jesus at an evangelistic revival meeting in Romania, and then she did eventually. And her whole life was one of quiet faithfulness, praying for her children, praying for her grandchildren, uh, making two loaves of bread so that she could give one away to a neighbor or someone in need. Um, just a life of quiet faithfulness, praying into the coming generations. Um, and every single one of her eight children went astray and lived prodigal lives for a season. And at the end of their lives, every single one of them came back to pour into their family, their churches. Um, my own mom is a testimony to my great-grandmother's um, just pouring into her life and faithful little ways. Uh, and, and I could just tell you story after story of the fruit in my mom's life. And now my own life, like the, the parenting that I do, the writing that I do, the ministry that God has given me, I am convinced is in part the harvest of my great-grandmother's prayers dozens of years ago. A fourth grade, simple woman, who lived a faithful life of obedience, modeling God's love to her family, to her neighbors, to her community. Um, that is how it's done. Little choices every day to live in God's love and then show that love to others as well. I pray that we can be those great grandmothers that our generations talk about or thank God for, for showing up for the children in our lives or the children that will be a part of our lives. That is such a cool picture. I love that. That, yeah, it is about our kids right now, but it's about so much more. There's so much more behind the scenes we don't even see. But when we say yes and we're obedient and we show up, oh, the stories that can be told. And not that it's about us, but so neat that God allows us to be used as instruments for his kingdom is just a privilege that I don't want to overlook. Mm -hmm. So that's so neat. So you did write this book. I feel like we're pivoting, but this is, <laughs> this is really cool. You did write this book that we've been talking about at the beginning, Unwrapping the Names of Jesus for Kids. Beautiful, timely for Christmas with the unwrapping theme. And people can pre-order it and actually have the names kind of personalized. You would write the names in the front of the book for them. Great gift idea. Yeah. but. Um, I feel like it's really a gift for us too. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm ordering it for Maddox, but it's totally for us too as a family. Um, so where can people find this book and pre-order it and find you, yes. podcast, all the things? <laughs> for the children's book, um, you can go to unwrappingthenames.com and there's a link there. We're going to have this um, through launch week. So through the week of November 8th, um, you can order personalized copies of the book. I am a book nerd. Um, I just love autographed books. And like, <laughs> I, I have an author friend who released a children's book um, last year and he wrote my children's names on the cover. And I was like, this is so special to me. Like, like so my kids awesome. love that book because their names are inside the cover. And so yeah. when he, he did that, I'm like, oh, I'm totally stealing this. Like I'm totally <laughs> doing this for my children's book. Copy based. Um, yes. Because I want that for listeners, for their children, for their families, for grandkids or neighbor kids, um, your teachers in your life. Give them the names of Jesus um, personalized for their families. I just believe there's such power 
in reading Jesus's names, meditating on his names. It's such a simple practice, especially for those of us in a busy season where we feel like I don't have an hour to like do an inductive Bible study. Well, you can spend the day meditating on Lion of Judah. And what does that mean? And how does he meet you in the battles in your own life? You can spend the day meditating on great high priest and how he invites you into God's presence. Like there's such richness in Jesus' names. Um, and so that's why I'm so passionate about that. So you can go to unwrappingthenames.com. You can pre-order the children's book, have it personalized for kids in your life. You can, while you're there, if you don't have the Advent devotional, it's written for adults and families to go through in the weeks leading up to Christmas, all 20 names of Jesus. And that's really what we're about, you know, kind of in this season. But the children's book is not Christmas specific. So that's it's right. a book that can be read any time of year. Um, and again, the more you read it, the more of those Easter eggs you'll find. So pretty excited about that. We're excited too. We're so excited for you. All of our author friends, anytime we do this big book launch, I'm like, guys, there's way more behind the scenes to the story than you know. So we are cheering you on. We're just applauding you across this little finish line. But no, it's going to go far. We're really excited. Uh, one of my favorite questions to ask, we will end with this. But is there something you're loving these days that you have to share with people listening? Could be a practice, could be a product, a recipe, anything. I mean, there's so many I could mention. The right? thing that comes to mind right now, honestly, <laughs> though, is um, our county's fall hiking spree. Oh, So in Summit County is the longest running hiking challenge in the country. I think it's like 75 years now that they've been doing this every fall. Um, and there are eight trails that we are encouraged to hike. And we've been doing this as a family now so for, fun. I think, 10 years. And we just went on a hike yesterday. And the fall colors, the trees, like we do the scavenger hunt where I tell the kids like, hey, look, if you can find a feather on the ground and can you find a furry friend and it's just such good quality time to get us so fun out of our house away from the screens walking for an hour together and even our littlest ones like they've done it since they were toddlers even if we were carrying them through so um i would encourage listeners see if there's a like a hiking challenge in your community get out with your kids or with your friends or your neighbors and just make some fun memories out in god's nature especially right now. Mm -hmm. I am all about this fall season more than ever. I'm like, oh, it's just a little different this year. I'm really excited for it. So yeah, I love that one. That's a great fall challenge. <laughs> In Birmingham, there's some fun trails. Nothing like I'm sure where you are, but we will mm -hmm. make the most of it. There you go. Um, There you go. Excited. Well, Asherita, thank you so much just for the wisdom. And I feel like this was a big blessing to mamas. I'm like this was the... um like the benediction and then the send off that we all need to rise up and be the army that we can be to change the next generation and just nurture the people that we have in our homes or even around our homes. So thank you from me, <laughs> but then everybody else I'm sure that's listening. We all needed this. Mm -hmm. Rachel, thank you so much for having me here today. And what a blessing that Jesus invites us with open arms.
So we just come to him and bring our kids along with us. This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss episodes full of encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in the next episode.